This story is about abortion happily ever after. It's the story of four lives that were nearly ruined by unwanted pregnancy. Um, I grew up in a really rough household. Uh, my mom was a teenage drug addict. She was very mentally ill with bipolar type one and um, methamphetamine was her drug of choice. She had four unwanted children before she turned 30 years old. And we lived, you know, going between my dad and her, she would be in jail. She would be in the psych ward. She would be in rehab. Um, she got a DUI with me in the car when I was four, taking me at nine in the morning to um, preschool. So I've always, uh, I, I don't really have a pre-trauma identity as a result of that. You know, we lived in my mom's drug dealer's van at one point. We didn't know where we were going to get food. We never had medical care, dental care, nothing like that until I was a teenager and she uh, blessedly disappeared from our lives after her last incarceration. And um, her last two children, my youngest two brothers were born addicted. So they had neonatal abstinence syndrome and had to be um, detoxed in the hospital to get off the drugs and then come home. And um, both of them have fetal alcohol syndrome as well. So being 11 years older than the youngest one, and my mom being gone, I was the one who helped my father raise them until the state stepped in when I left and took them for abuse and neglect. Turns out nobody could really handle kids with that high a need. So the reason I give that backstory is because I first became aware of abortion in the second grade. It was the early 90s. And this was the time of Operation Rescue. And they picketed our school, a grade school with just second graders to sixth graders with giant photos of mutilated fetuses. And um, I, you know, I had to wait to be picked up for like 45 minutes with these people. And uh, I remember my little friend who was waiting with me said that, you know, she couldn't believe that people would do this and it's so barbaric and what an abomination. And I remember that was when I first started thinking, oh, if you're pregnant, you don't have to be pregnant if you don't want to be. Uh, Cause I'd remembered my mom hiding the last pregnancy. She was six months pregnant and she was so thin from the meth. You couldn't tell. She was terrified to tell my dad. I don't know if she knew who the father was and she didn't want to be pregnant, but when you are addicted to meth and you don't want to be pregnant uh, and you get any amount of money for an abortion, you're going to use it for the drugs and not the abortion. So anyway, I just remember her crying hysterically finding out she was pregnant. So both times with the two youngest anyway, uh, so I knew in that moment when I was in the second grade that I would never carry an unwanted pregnancy to term. And I started, you know, when I was, before I was even sexually active, I was on birth control and I always used condoms as well until I was like well into a relationship. And, you know, I had initially a very promising future, but I myself went down the path of drug and alcohol addiction. And um, at 22, I was in a dead end relationship and drunk and very mentally ill and found myself pregnant. Not a hard thing within seconds of the word pregnant coming up on the test. I had an appointment at Planned Parenthood for an abortion. I'd already made that decision so many years ago and it was not in any way difficult or painful or weird or uncomfortable. I'd had the conversation with the father before we ever became sexually active. So, you know, when my birth control pill failed, I knew what I was going to do. It was a five minute procedure, very easy, very low, no, no pain, no bleeding, no, nothing like that. It was um, a complete nothing burger of an experience. However, it did not stop me from continuing to drink. And this is the part of the story that I think takes kind of a sad turn 
because I ended up experiencing several years of homelessness due to my drug and alcohol addiction and mental illness. And I lived on the streets for two years. And an unfortunate thing people don't realize about women who live on the streets is that we often get sexually assaulted frequently and they are not using any form of protection. When you're a blackout drunk and you sleep outside, people will have sex with you while you're completely blackout drunk. And unfortunately, at some point, um, I came into contact with someone who I'm sure they thought it was a consensual experience, but I think it's a gray area because someone as drunk and high as I was just lacks the ability to consent. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was desperate for an abortion. But at this point, I had no money. I was in a red state. And I went to the abortion clinic several times and begged, begged. And they said, if you don't have the $450, we can't help you. I ended up getting incarcerated after that as a result of continuing to drink. And by the time I was released, I was too far along to do anything about it. Again, begged for an abortion. So my first seven and a half months of sobriety were as a result of that pregnancy. And a lot of it was incarcerated or in treatment. I um, had absolutely no positive feeling whatsoever for this child. And I think it's as a result of the circumstances. I mean, I told the father and he said, you're a whore. It's not mine. Get an abortion. And he dumped me at a homeless shelter and um, blocked me. I didn't have a phone to call him with like a cell phone anyway. So it's pretty easy for him to do that. And he went on about his life and I um, experienced the most disturbing seven and a half months of my life after that, my body changing and growing. And it felt like I had this parasite, this tumor in me, but I knew just because that's how I felt about the child didn't mean that they had inherently less worth as a human on this planet. Um, I understood at that point why my mom was so abusive towards us because she didn't want or love or plan us either. And just because you're pregnant, it doesn't make you blossom into a mother like at all. So, um, I made an adoption plan for the child and, um, you know, I had to move on. I, I'm still sober to this day. I'm going into two decades of sobriety, but, um, I've had to deal with the consequences of that pregnancy because I had a C-section that meant my planned wanted pregnancies 10 years later with my children had to be C-sections. Um, every piece of medical paperwork I have says that I've had three C-sections and then the doctors are always like, I thought you only had two kids. And then I have to explain being a birth mom. Part of the reason I've decided not to do like my full face and name and all of my social media is not because I'm everyone in my life knows that I'm a birth mom and that I placed a child for adoption, everyone in my family, but publicly I'm not because the adoptee has made it clear that they want a relationship with me, which I have not, uh, no amount of therapy, um, has brought me to a place where I feel that I could give them anything that would be of value and benefit. So, uh, I know that most adoptees are really ravenous for information about their birth families. And I, they have a ton of info from me, health and photos and stories and circumstances and videos. But what I don't want them to find is a video of the origin story. They're still a minor. And I don't think that they um, deserve to hear this story told publicly about them without their consent. And as such, that's why my social media and my face are not a part of this because I don't think that it's acceptable to share this story for them to one day stumble across when they didn't get a say in the adoption and they weren't a consenting party to the adoption to have their story told without 
in a way that could be traced back to them just feels unethical. So the happy ending to the story is the life I have today was made possible by abortion. Um, my planned wanted children that I had in my thirties have this incredible life. You know, they go to Europe and we go on trips and they have amazing after school programs, but most importantly, they have two parents that love them, want them, they're fed, they're healthy, they're emotionally stable. And they bring, you know, that's not something my parents were able to give to me. And if I hadn't had access to abortion um, and subsequently an adoption, then I would be probably dead or incarcerated now because there's no way I would have been able to give those kids what I'm able to give the ones I had in my thirties. Um, so if there's anyone on the fence about whether or not forcing women to become parents against their will is a good idea. Consider that the majority of people that I grew up with, whose mothers were also addicts do not agree with that sentiment. And we would have loved to have been wanted and planned and loved from conception. Thank you.